0: I'm on the yellow line following the rules, Yeah, getting dropped basically uh-huh. because the crosswind's so you're bad. Eating, yeah, you're eating And well. everyone else is like in the draft, yep. on the opposite, mm-hmm. like they're in the oncoming lane. Mm-hmm. Like, it was like, I was the only one mm-hmm. following the rules. Mm-hmm. I was pissed, I'm not gonna lie. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Brrr, Coaches on Gouges. Being slouches. Is that like a Peter Sagan uh, <laughs> intro? The,
1: the Sagan intro.
0: We're working on this like Simpsons thing where you, the intro changes like every single time. <laughs> <clears throat> What's up, everybody? So, today we are going to talk about the golden rules of racing as a team. Specifically, bike racing. Yep, bike racing as a team. Yep. Um,
1: We'll get to the topic. I'm Coach Dale Sanford. I am Coach Bryant Funston. We are the co-founders of BPC Performance Coaching, where we specialize in helping time-crunched athletes optimize their busy schedules so they can maximize their athletic performance. Every BPC coach is trained in our Five Pillars Coaching System, which has been developed over the last decade through our work with athletes of all ages and ability levels, from fresh off couches like these to world championship competitors. You can find out more about BPC by going to buildpeakcompete.com. Checking us out on Facebook and the YouTube at buildpeakcompete. Or all up on that Instagram at bpcperformance. performance. Ka-plow-y. Bam. Next week I'm not even using the phone. Promise? Yep heart here first. No <laughs> phone next next week. It's all stored up in this noggin. Good deal. All
0: right, so we're gonna get to the uh, the topic of these golden rules, mm-hmm. the commandments of bike racing. Yup. But first, shout outs. Shout outs. There's some good ones. There's there are some good ones. I'll start it off. We don't often give shout outs to the people on the couch unless they're a guest. Uh, but, but coach. Coach B-Fun over here, uh, and uh, our buddy Taylor Heron mm-hmm. went to the Tennessee State Criterion Championships, and both took the jersey in the Cat One and Cat Two uh, races, and then our buddy Taylor uh,
1: ended up with the TIBRA overall for the Cat Two points. Yeah, it was a it was a great weekend. Like you know, in your mind, like going over there, we we were hoping main goal just get taylor the tibra overall jersey so getting the points he he needed for that because he was only one point up going into the last race of the season essentially for for tibra and uh we were like bonus would be you know if you if you were able to get the jersey in the process didn't even really consider like it working out where both of us would wouldn't have the jersey but we got into the right right break uh and and rolled it so that was a fun race didn't yeah. go as well the next day. Yeah. <laughs> they, they threw hills on the course the next day, which, ah, which uh, that was a mean. problem.
0: That was mean. All
1: right, my other one
0: here, oh, I've got a couple other ones. Uh, Tim Lin. Mm-hmm. Got that's the top spot. To Timmy Lenny, good work. T- top spot at the Yuju Half. It's the Great Man. They call it Great Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, half triathlon in uh, in South Korea. Uh, had a good race. He's... he's uh, he was a little slower than last year but he said there was no current usually what they do is they truck you you know to uh like 1.2 miles upstream and they make the swim intentionally longer so it's normally like where it would be like 2k almost it it's like 22 or 2300 uh, okay. because they are try trying to, to offset the time oh, okay but they said there was no current huh. so it's just a longer swim uh, but had a solid bike and probably the best run he's had at that race and uh Excellent. He also says, you know, this is a this is a testament of like the the improvements don't always happen like in the in the splits, swim bike and run. Mm-hmm. Uh one of the biggest things that he told me was that he finished the race and the next day he was like fine. Like he wasn't like smashed for a few days. He was he kind of recovered more similarly to like a Olympic distance race, where it took him like 24 hours and he was fine. Excellent. Uh, so that's a that's a great sign that his fitness is coming coming across. Cool. Um, Dragonfly try local try was last weekend. Um, Chris Watts, age group, uh, overall first place. Heather that's Nichols. A, that's
1: a strong name for know. for someone who has bike riding as part of yeah. the
0: uh, discipline. Heather Nichols, first age group. Jamie Bailey took third overall female and uh i gotta give a shout out to to grayson edwards who came and uh killed us all 16 years old um so i i'm begging his parents to keep him in the sport because uh he's uh, as strong as he is on like the bike right now like that's usually for for younger kids is like the hardest thing for them to improve until they're like you know, eighteen or yeah. older, like twenty in their twenties. Um, but dude can swim and bike and run, and you know he's he's got a pretty good future ahead of him if he stays with it yeah, and just stays sure. consistent. So, shout out to uh, Grayson there.
1: Nice. I got a uh, Lee Rustin. Got to give her a shout out. She uh, she didn't get the jersey, which was kind of the goal over at the state crit, but. Uh, she rode one of the most aggressive races I've seen her seen her ride um, because she knew a sprint finish wasn't going to suit her. So the goal was for her to try to try to get away, and she did her she did her best uh, and, and laid it all out there. So shout out uh, to her and good luck. I've got good luck. Uh, shout
0: out to Stitch.
1: Yeah, rocking
0: this this sweet jersey, man. This old school BPC
1: jersey. Uh huh.
0: Uh huh. This one's what ten, eleven years old. Ten years old.
1: Yep, that's the original. Yeah. Uh, good lucks we got uh Dale Christie and uh, dr Downing heading out to New Mexico uh, to throw down at the 40k um, so good good luck to them out there and then obviously all our people that's the record challenge right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and then obviously all the people racing worlds yeah our, uh,
0: our our we got a couple people in Lausanne mm-hmm. uh, Philip young and and Tony, Tony yep. Gambrell or in Lausanne uh, racing this weekend. A bunch of other friends. Uh, Kier Sass is is racing the Para uh, yep. race as well as her own uh, sprint and Olympic distance races. Uh, our buddy Jordan Green's over there racing. Mm-hmm. Bunch of people. Bob Hayes over there for um, the sprint
1: race. So and awesome. R- Rich Wu up at uh, Gateway this weekend. Yep, Gateway. Sweet. Yeah. All right, I guess... Uh, Let's hop to it. we burn burned enough time. Shout, we, we've done shout outs. The shout at, we haven't done a shout at in a while. We were reminded. Yeah. Shout at is to our lack of sock sponsorship. Yeah, really? You Come know? on. If you're listening on the podcast, you, clearly you can't see that we are sitting on couches. And usually we have nice fancy socks on. Nope. But, you know, no haven't one picked to up give a sock
0: sponsor yet. So, yeah. so here we are. Barefoot. We're actually looking for a Manny Petty sponsor. Manny
1: Petty sponsor.
0: Or just petty. Petty. I don't know. No. Yeah. All right, so the topic of discussion today is the golden rules uh, for racing as a team. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people <laughs> made the joke in the post that a lot of people, including most Cat 5s, don't really realize that um, cycling is a team sport. Yep. Um, but, you know, most of the time, the team effort can far outweigh any individual um, unless that individual is... Out Peter, of this world, or jump to the gills. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly.
1: Um, yeah, there's so much strategy involved in bike racing, and there's and to do that, you know, just from an individual level. But then to the, blend that and bring a team together to work towards, you know, getting one person the best result uh, possible. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of strategy. So these are kind of our golden rules on kind of the do's and don'ts. Uh, there's always going to be situations where you'd violate these rules yeah these Um, are so these are rules are based on
0: amateur racing uh with normal like uh like team teams uh like varied fitnesses and Mm -hmm. uh no no team cars or race radios or exactly you know things where you just get information all the time and you don't have to think about like yep what's going on in the race so the number one we'll just get to it Mm -hmm. number one
1: never work on the front to pull back a teammate yes this is a there's nothing more demoralizing than you being off the front so you've attacked you've either gotten into the lead group or possibly are up solo there's nothing worse than looking back and seeing your teammate wasting their energy trying to giving either everyone else a free ride exactly so i i don't know there's the only time you would pull a teammate back is if you know that that teammate is not gonna is either gonna get dropped from that break uh or has zero chance of winning and you need to reshuffle the deck but besides that very let other very people, seldom yeah does that happens yeah besides that let other people waste their energy uh bringing it back
0: and that th- i mean that rule alone spawns into like most of the rest of the, mm-hmm. <laughs> the rules yep uh so the, the second part of that is um, only beyond the front of the main uh, on the main pack or the race, um, if you are working to pull back a breakaway that you missed, or mm-hmm. uh, you know for a teammate to reshuffle the deck, so to speak. Yep. Um, <clears throat> or if you're working to string the race out so a teammate can launch an attack, or you know, a, a move or, or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a lot of times that is useful energy because when you're making the race safer, you know, um, but also making it easier for that person to like get out of the group. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when it's like three and four wide, it's really hard to launch an attack from a good spot exactly. because you're you're probably having to get near the yellow line mm-hmm. uh, to, to do it. So
1: yeah, there's situations the where it's, yeah, it's almost impossible to really move up if it's just this log jam yellow line to the side of the road, to the shoulder, sometimes people move up in the shoulder. But, um, the other, the other thing, you know, if you're not just stringing it out to allow a teammate to move up or launch an attack, but, uh, towards the finish of a race, it could be you working right. to string it out to keep the pace high. Yeah. So your teammate can hold position and sprint from a good spot, uh, assuming you have a good sprinter on your team.
0: Yeah. I mean the, the other, the other obviously is if you are launching an attack, or sprinting for the win, mm-hmm. or preem, or whatever, uh, you know that's a an understandable reason to be on or off the front. Great time to have your face <laughs> in the wind. Yep. Yeah, uh, you know, working to bridge to a to a group, and in that case, uh, hopefully you're you're solo. You mm-hmm. know, it's a solo bridge where you're not uh, dragging other people with you. Uh, that could could create worse odds for your team in the breakaway.
1: Um, yeah, or yeah, if you if you miss the move, sometimes it's good to have a compatriot in trying to get across uh to to a lead group. But
0: as long as it's not somebody you know is stronger than you. Exactly. And can and
1: can win the yep. the race in general. This uh, is a this is a good one. It's okay to have your, your face in the wind if you are off the front solo. You're just up there hammering away. That's uh a bend there. Yeah. It's a strategy I've used it's several a, times. It's a good
0: and a bad place to be, really. <laughs> it is. It's a lonely spot. It's a. It's there's a lot of trust in the team mm-hmm. behind you mm-hmm. when you're off the front by yourself.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, you know, exactly. Trusting yeah.
0: them to follow the rest of these rules. Yep.
1: Yeah, if you've got a team that, if uh, having a strong team that abides by these rules greatly increases your chance of either Absolutely. sticking it from a solo breakaway or you know a breakaway of any sort.. Yeah. Um, having a big strong team helps enable you to get a, to, to have success in a breakaway. Yeah.
0: Uh, and the last one is like if you are in a breakaway and you know the odds are good, you know you' it's a favorable breakaway for your team. you know you can drive the front a little bit too mm-hmm. uh, you know but we'll get into that as yep. well. Uh, in in
1: our breakaway rule here in a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so taking yeah taking pulls in the breakaway. Typically, what happens if you get into a break? Usually, it ends up being you know if there's more than like five or six people, uh, it usually goes straight into a rotating pace line. Smaller groups, you end up taking a little bit longer pulls and and kind of stay in that single that single line. Um, but yeah, if if the favor if the breakaway is favorable, obviously it's a okay for you to be on the front. Uh, when you're doing your share of the workload. Which moves us to rule number three.
0: If you're in the breakaway (laughs) or the lead group, and that that means the pack, the main field is behind you, Mm -hmm. do not work so hard that you get yourself dropped from that breakaway. Yes. It's embarrassing, let's just, I can't say that I've never been there, Mm -hmm. but it is embarrassing to get in a breakaway and get dropped. Mm -hmm. And the worst thing is um, you're you're dropped. Now you're in no man's land. Your team doesn't know that you're been dropped from the breakaway. You may not even have another person in that breakaway. So the break is just getting farther and farther
1: away with them either maybe trying to slow things up. Yeah, your team may be back there trying to slow things up still, which is a bad situation because by the time you get back there, that gap's even larger. Yeah. So don't work so hard that you blow yourself up and Mm -hmm. get dropped
0: from the breakaway. Um, If you know that you don't probably belong in that breakaway, do zero work. Mm -hmm. If you do get dropped from the breakaway, hit the brakes.
1: Exactly. Throw
0: the parachute and like barely, you know, basically stop on the side of the road so that the team can be
1: notified as soon as possible Mm
0: -hmm. that you've
1: been dropped from the break. That's a crucial point. Now, Again, ninety-five percent of the time, yeah, that's what you do. But if it's a situation where the gap's big enough and you're close to the end of the race, where there's going to be no, you know, there's no chance that the main group's going to be able to get back up to the uh, to the lead group, then you want to stay on the gas and you know try to survive and get to the finish line before uh, before the pack catches you.
0: That's where you just do nothing and sit on the back, and Mm -hmm. if they want to attack you or take Mm -hmm. you off the back, that's fine, but you just mm-hmm. tell them, like, I'm done. Like, yeah. you're going to get nothing out of me. Mm-hmm. You can either keep with the smooth rotation or you can do whatever. If I fall off, I fall off.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you kind of have to be careful. Like, so this happened in the road race just this past uh, weekend. I got into the, the breakaway unintentionally, uh, the pack split, and I was in the front. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> that's it's not really, really where I wanted to be. I was working for, for Taylor. I wanted Taylor to be in the, uh, in the lead move. Cause he was sitting first overall in the Omnium and, uh, three teammates were in that move. So there was seven of us total at the start. One guy ended up getting dropped. So there were six of us, three of those were teammates and you can, you could we'd already had, we had like a minute 30 or so small field. So that kind of plays into it, but with three teammates, it's really easy for them to start taking you off the back and then you have to bridge back up to the lead and then the next person takes you off the back, bridge back up. So in this situation, I, I knew that I wasn't going to win from that break, um, but I ended up doing like as little work as I could to not have them attacking or taking me off the back and then me have to, to surge up.
0: Oh, you can fake it. Mm-hmm. You can fake it till you make it, that's yep. for sure. All right, so um, that kind of goes into, we kind of yep. talked, this is kind of rule number four here, is if you get in the, in the breakaway or in the lead group, uh, if, you, if you realize you're not the strongest person in that group or, you're, or the odds, you know, like you were saying, there's three teammates in the same, uh, in the group, mm-hmm. the odds are bad for you do zero work. Mm-hmm. Like do zero work or at least just fake doing some work you know, mm-hmm. pull through as light as you can, mm-hmm. uh, to take, you know, take the workload off of yourself as much as
1: possible. Mm-hmm. Um, which that is a good strategy. Like when I was doing the work I was doing, I was, I was pulling through and not, I was staying well below my limits. I was only pulling through on sections of the course that suited me best, you know, so like flats, downhills where I, you know, I was the heaviest guy in the group. Um, but you can almost, Disrupt a breakaway, and uh, by by pulling through lighter, by taking pulls that aren't that strong, um, which would enable you know, or or hopefully enable your teammate to or the pack to catch you guys and reshuffle, um, and then and then hopefully get you know someone who can win up the road. Yep, absolutely.
0: So rule number five goes along with basically rule number one, the golden Mm -hmm. rule number one. Uh, If you have a team in the break, teammate in the Mm -hmm. break, your team is no longer
1: obligated to do work. Yeah, it's so exciting when you get a teammate in the break because you're like, whew, nice. I don't have to do anything. Yep, you just say, hey, got a teammate up. But what's not nice is when uh, everyone else in the pack is not happy about having missed the breakaway, yeah, and they start launching attacks after attack after attack because your job, which goes into this rule, is to make sure any attack that goes after that that either you are on or you have a teammate hitched on to the back of. So you don't want to let any second secondary move go uh, that doesn't have you or your teammate getting a free ride up to your other teammates. Yep.
0: I mean, that's... Uh that's kind of one of those things where you, you have to attach yourself to that move and then don't get excited mm-hmm. because your whole point is to squash that and mm-hmm. not to like, if the person wants to drive it and you take you on a free ride, mm-hmm. perfect. Yep. That's great. You're increasing the odds of your team winning because you've now put another teammate in the breakaway, but you should
1: in no way, shape or form aid that. Exactly. Unless, you have zero oblig. yeah exactly you have zero obligation to work with a person to get across to your teammate yeah unless you get to the point where it's obvious that the gap is
0: so big that you got you can you can kind of work with it and get there sooner mm-hmm. and spend more time in the break with more people conserving energy yeah like for the rest of the race so you don't until that gap is way established by the other person correct you
1: do not do And thing. only and only work with that person if you know you are stronger than them ah, yep. uh, because you don't want to help bring a person across who's stronger than you or stronger than your teammate that's already up in the move you don't want, you want them to burn as many matches as they can right. getting across and if it's someone that you know is going to beat you and your teammate you don't want them in that lead group you're better off having them go back you know both of you go back to the main pack so don't do any work uh if you know that person is someone who can beat you and your teammate uh in in if it came down to a a finish
0: yeah yeah part of the racing as a team is knowing the other teams oh exactly competition a bit um all right so number Number six here. Mm-hmm.
1: Let uh, me add, let me add just one more thing to that one. Yeah. Um, th- there there may be a situation where you would work with that person if you know that by you getting up to the lead group that it's going to uh, maximize the the chance of that breakaway staying away. So if you have a say a solo teammate off the front that you know is eventually going to fade and not and not stay out there and it's going to come back to a reshuffle, you know, it may benefit you to move to do some work after the gap's been established by the other person to get up to your teammate. So now you've got, you know, two of the three people, but so you got a 67% chance of winning. Um, whereas if you know your teammate wasn't going to be able to stay off the front by himself, then, you know, it's a, it's a reshuffle and who knows, you know, what the, what the odds are of winning after that. So I will do some work with someone else to get to a teammate if I know that's going to maximize or the chance of the breakaway actually staying away. Yeah. Cool.
0: All right. So number six here is do not allow any move to go off the front without yourself or your teammate attached. It's kind of part of uh, number five there. Mm-hmm. But once a, once a break is, is up the road, you don't have to do any work for for the pack but the work that you do is covering attempts to bridge attacks to going up yes. the road this, so is,
1: this is a re- honestly, a reiteration. Much harder. oh it is there's there's a lot of times where it's harder being the person or the people in the back covering attacks most of the time while your teammates up there like nice smooth controlled steady Bain train pain train. Choo, choo.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, I've been in several, I've been on both ends, where off the front in a breakaway, rolling smooth with, like, you know, Mm -hmm. three, five, six people, and then, like, you get to the end of the race, and and everybody's like, that was the hardest race ever, like, it was just non-stop attacks from the field trying to get, because people missed the break, like, teams missed the break, so... That's especially when it gets hard. Not so. I mean, solo riders, yeah, they'll try a few times. But teams who miss the break will just constantly try to get up the road, and you know, so you're covering move after move after move, while your compadre is uh, up in the break, rolling, steady, rolling, (laughs) steady,
1: steady rolling. Yeah, for sure. No, it can be. It can be a ton harder to be back there. Uh,
0: <laughs> so that's just, a, it's just a reiteration of, of rule five, basically.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, some, some to kind of add to this. So right now we've talked a lot about a, a team, a group, people in the peloton missing the move and attacking. Now what sometimes happens is the group will get organized and will start rotating through. Um, typically, especially in like a, a pro one, two style race, if a team gets organized to try to pull... A breakaway back, or you know, a mix of teams. Um, if if you start working into their line and messing it up, uh, that's not going to be tolerated. So yeah. what you would do as a teammate, you don't go in there and start jacking up with the the flow of their chase. You sit on the back of that chase. You're getting a free ride. They're working, um, but you don't you don't actually disrupt that effort. Now, if say there's two people at the front doing work. You want to be sitting behind the people who are actually working, and anytime that person pulls off, you know if they don't slot back in in front of you, then now you're second in line. When that person pulls off, then you sit up and you know slow the pace down or ride like an easy an easy effort, something that you know is going to be slower than what the breakaway is rolling. But um, you don't want to start getting into someone else's organized chase and And don't be a wanker Yeah, that would would fall under being a wanker
0: (laughs) and and blocking and Mm -hmm. stuff like that it's talked about it's frowned upon yeah uh you can disrupt by just being in the flow and you know being your getting your turn in line and then going easy when it's your turn Mm -hmm. Uh, that that'll disrupt the flow if if people want to work though don't intentionally get into it and yeah you know push your way into the into the move or into the line and
1: and sit up and, as soon as you get to the front or get or, three to the front yeah. and
0: just sit up yeah i mean that's just yeah. that's pretty annoying but all right so we're going to move on to uh to rule seven here number seven if you're not a sprinter and let's be honest how many how many people are and the amateur ranks are true sprinters. I,
1: I thought I was a sprinter until Everyone I does. until I Everyone moved thinks. up the ranks and, and started going against actual sprinters. So yeah. I was like, huh, turns out I'm not. I'm not a, I also <laughs> thought I was a climber too. <laughs> turns out I'm not. So if you're not a sprinter,
0: don't wait for a bunch sprint. Mm-hmm. If you want to give your team the biggest odds of winning, the worst thing you can do is just sit, sit in the group leading into... Uh, the last you know few k and do nothing and just wait for a bunch sprint when you Mm -hmm. probably won't even win that anyways Mm -hmm. you're just going to make it more dangerous yeah uh so and
1: rarely are you going to see a lead out train work in like the cat five (laughs) cat four even cat three i think i've seen like two organized lead out trains that actually have have worked you see it in the pro races Yeah, you see it in the pro races because they work on that. Like it's scripted. They know who's gonna be pulling to which spot at this mini K to go, this person's pulling out. Like it's they know where they are in the line, they know how hard they have to go, they know when they're peeling off. Um it's 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 a very scripted thing. That's not something that happens very often in the uh in the amateur ranks. So your best thing you could do for a teammate, say it's a criterion would be to attack with you know, maybe two laps to go because that's going to serve the purpose of someone else has to burn a match now because they're not going to be on your wheel. So someone's burning a match trying to chase you down. It's stringing out the race as though you're doing a lead out. It's allowing your teammate to hold position without having to work. And if they don't chase you, guess what? You win. Yeah. we got Stitch about to fall out yes. from... Uh, we put the jersey on. Uh, <laughs> on Stitch. Or, I think Stitch is overheating a little bit. Gotta get the, we'll the, the airflow going here. Get to Strip it off. There look like
0: uh, Tommy Vokler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the best thing you can do, the best thing you can do uh, for your teammates is make the the end of the race uh, safer, mm-hmm. or set them up yep. so that they can do, you know, a, a last lap, a last flyer, or mm-hmm. or actually. As the sprinter, be in good position to yep. to have a wide open road to sprint on. Number eight, I love this one.
1: Uh, oh gosh! And Every, you,
0: if you are a new bike racer, listen up.
1: Yes. Uh, no matter how strong you are or you think you are, do not think you are going to just ride the group off your wheel. Not to not to hate on triathletes at all. <laughs> but triathletes tend to be pretty renowned for uh, just going to the front. I'm, and I'm, like, I'm going to hold it at 24 and I'm just going to ride folks off my wheel. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. Uh-huh. Because uh, you have to remember, there is that huge advantage of drafting that's going on behind you. I guess uh, a note to make on this. If you're going uphill and you're a good climber, Yes, you can probably go to the front and ride folks off your wheel, but on the flats, on downhills, not generally not. going to happen. Where you're just gonna unless you're descending like Ella Philippe or unless, something. Unless you're exactly, uh, but most of the time that is a very poor strategy to just go to the front and hope you ride folks off your wheel. Yeah, it's not going to happen.
0: Uh, my like that just reminds me of like I feel like at least once a year I'm like. Walking around a race and listening to like some teams talk and like come up with their race strategy. And I always hear the term, let's just go and make the race hard.
1: Let's mm-hmm. just
0: go to the front, and make the race hard. Mm-hmm. And I just want to like pop in and be like, you know, that's dumb, right? Like you're making the race hard, you're burning yourself up, you're making it way harder, possibly on your teammates, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and you're giving everyone else an easier ride. Because you're, you're the one doing the work on the front. Exactly. It makes no sense. Yep. Like, there's no such thing as, let's just make the race hard and we'll figure it out later. Mm-hmm. Horrible
1: strategy. Yeah. Yeah, so much the it's not the strongest person that, that wins each race. Uh, you know, it's the person who's conserved the most, maybe whose teammates have, have set the race up uh, properly for them, made other teams chase, made other strong riders burn some matches, closing down gaps to your teammates. Um, it's, it's the person who has conserved the most throughout the race that has the watts, the power uh, to, to throw it down when it actually matters, once everyone else is, has been worn out. So your goal is to, to if you're the, the team leader, uh, so to speak, your goal is to, to try to hide, conserve, do as little work possible Um, not show off how strong you are. It's not the person with the highest average power that wins the race. It's the person that's got the legs to go when it's that crucial point in a race. So you got to be patient and you got to, you got to save power versus use it.
0: Absolutely. So the next rule is really, it's kind of a new feeling thing. Like Mm -hmm. if, if you want to be a good teammate and race as a team, you have an obligation to make sure that you are eating and drinking properly during the race so that you can aid the team, when needed, mm-hmm. instead of bonking out or cramping up, and, especially
1: if you're in the breakaway.
0: I mean, oh you're yeah, in the breakaway, oh,
1: absolutely. You don't want to get the old hunger knock late in the uh, late yeah. in the old break. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, that's where you're. You know,
0: I'm sorry, but if you're in a breakaway with me and you're uh, visibly cramping or like asking for food, I'm not going to give it to you. Dale's not sharing unless unless it's just me and you. Yeah, I've actually been there before, where was in a was in a breakaway with one other person for the entire race from the gun, and that
1: person I know which race you're talking about. That person had a big team behind, so yeah, you right. wanted him to a stay a strong team. Yeah, a big strong. So you wanted him to stay in the break. Yeah.
0: So th- in that in that case, I was giving him feeds. Yeah. And and asking our feed zone folks to feed him to make sure that he didn't cramp out, bonk out, and, yeah. And then drop back to the group and then start chasing. Mm-hmm. So
1: there's always exceptions to the rule. Exactly. Last one, number 10. <laughs> it's pretty important. Number 10. Be a good, being a good teammate here. Uh-huh. Uh, DFL, and we'll go through what this means, is better than yeah. DNF, which is better than DNS. Yeah. So Dale, what's DFL. So dead freaking last. De- yep. We're, we're, keeping keeping our, our, we're keeping our
0: good. <laughs> our non-explicit. Non-explicit. Dead uh,
1: freaking last is better than DNF. Did not finish. Which is better than. Did not start. Did not start. Yeah. So you got to show up. Yep. Toe the line regardless of where your fitness is. Like you you playing one small role early in a race, chasing one move, saves a match for a teammate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It may mean that you get dropped which a lot of people, you know, you got to put your ego aside when racing for the team. You get dropped, you get dropped. I've been which dro- I mean,
0: which, I've been dropped in the first 10 miles of an 80-mile mm-hmm. race before. Yeah. You know, just because I wasn't the fittest of the, you know, in the group and I said, "Well, I'm going to do what I can early because mm-hmm. that's when I have it." Mm-hmm. So, following moves early and you get dropped and then it's Yeah, but 70 that,
1: miles solo. You don't know, but that one match that you cause someone else to burn or that you saved for a teammate could be the difference in your teammate winning or not winning. I mean, so show up, toe the line goes into the next one. A DNF is, is where you do not finish. So you started the race, but you do not finish the race. You either pull yourself or, or, you know, sometimes they will pull you. You can't really control that. Um, But we always encourage our athletes, especially when you're sacrificing, you know, cat, four cat five where you're doing like you know 30 to 50 mile probably uh road races don't lose the training stimulus you know you're sacrificing racing versus a bigger training day so don't you know if you do get dropped keep riding like keep pushing yourself keep use it as a training stimulus Um, otherwise it's really easy to get detrained if you race a lot and are getting dropped yep um so you know stay on it and that goes is better to uh to have a dnf versus um or it's yeah versus it didn't start but even if you're your dfl which is dead freaking last that's that's not something to be ashamed of i mean that means you kept pushing you kept going uh you know some people hate seeing their name at the bottom of the of the score sheet the result sheet um but if you worked to help set up your teammate and your teammate gets the win, that's your win as well. So don't get concerned over where you finish, what your place is. We would rather, uh, and you should too, you know, if you're racing with a team, you should should rather be DFL uh, than finishing 15th um, if when you finish DFL, it got your teammate the win versus your teammate getting 8th. Yep. You know, it's so much better to do everything you can, have the team so committed to trying to get one person the win versus, oh, we had four in the top 10, but no one on the podium.
0: Oh, yeah. What was it? Uh, had a, a race this year where I uh, ended up bridging to a move and, you know, was, was with teammates in the move. And then it came down to like the last lap or whatever. And so... I basically attacked, which made the chase, set up teammate for the win. And then I like, after I that made that move. Yes, yeah, I remember After this. I made that move. <laughs> Cause
1: I was in the break with you. <laughs> yeah,
0: I was, I was trying to be vague about yeah. <laughs> it. Uh, after I made that move, I was smoked. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of was rolling in and got swallowed up by the rest of the field. I think I finished like 15th, 16th or something like that. Like mm-hmm. almost last place in the race but i was in the break (laughs) exactly yeah (laughs) yeah so but we got the win uh and i think we might have gotten third two or something like Mm -hmm. that in that race um but i mean i'm in my opinion and we've always set this up i mean these rules are basically off of an email that we send out to the teams that we manage uh at the start of the year at the start of the year year, Mm -hmm. so that everyone knows that this, the whole team racing aspect is about team glory mm-hmm. uh, versus, you know, personal personal glory. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's not, there's nothing to be ashamed of if you help the team get a win uh, or even a, a really good placing if, if you actually contributed to it. Yep. Now, if you, you know, got on the race and sat on the back and got dropped, a little different, but... You're still getting in a decent training day, yeah. Uh, which eventually
1: down the season would probably help the team. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. If you know your fitness isn't going to be good enough to be there near the end to help the team, do something yeah. to help the team before you do get dropped. Like, don't just ride at the back and eventually get tailed off. I mean, move up. Go. Uh, you know, maybe check if you know you're going to get dropped, check, make sure your teammates have fluids if they uh, and maybe you can give them a bottle. I've actually been saved before uh, in a crit where a teammate came up, told me, he was like, hey, I'm not going to be able to finish this. I know I'm not. Um, you know, is there anything I can do? Like, what do you need me to do before before I get dropped? And uh, just him giving me a water bottle It was a super hot day uh, made a huge it was a huge difference. I mean, so pl- you can play a role. Mm-hmm. Um, and do do play a role. Like, do an attack. Even if it's a weak attack, attack. If you get shelled, you get shelled. It's better than you just falling off the back at some random point in the race and never playing any sort of active role. Yeah.
0: So we got. That's basically the the ten. Those are our the ten. ten commandments. Of- and what
1: if you've got uh, go ahead and weigh in if anyone's on uh, that uh, wants to weigh in on anything we may have missed from our 10 golden rules yeah. or things to add.
0: We'll throw in some last tips. So if you have anything to add, mm-hmm. put it in the comments, but uh, we'll throw in some last tips for actually keeping uh, some, some solid team uh, tactics mm-hmm. into the race. Um, one is that when you do choose to attack, make sure that your attack is from a couple of rows back mm-hmm. and not from the front. Mm-hmm. When you attack from the front, is really easy for everyone to just jump on your wheel and you've effectively done nothing but Mm -hmm. burned a match on yourself. Yep. Uh, Generally, if you go from a few rows back, it's easier to catch people by surprise, especially the people that are in the best position to uh, follow your move, catch them by surprise, and you create a gap a lot easier, and that Mm -hmm. gap forces people to work. Mm -hmm. Um, So make sure that your attacks come from a few rows back get ahead of steam mm-hmm. i usually go from about eighth wheel yep. roll up to maybe third and then punch it
1: oh yep. yeah you're you want to have the biggest speed difference between you and the front of the race as you're passing the people on the front yeah like a lot of times you can sit down after you pass the front like because you're going eight miles an hour faster right. than what they are sort of thing yeah a lot of times you don't have to yeah the saddle then you sit and yeah you sit and hammer hammer from there but you want to be going past that front so fast that they're like start looking at like who's going to chase that not oh he's attacking from the front let's all follow yeah
0: um another one is like positioning like always be aware of like where you're where you are for one in the in the pack and then where your teammates are um because if your whole team is like halfway back in the field and a and a move goes you got no one there to cover it Mm-hmm. So you need to make sure that you personally are always trying to move up and that your teammates know that they should always be trying to move up mm-hmm. toward the front or at least have a couple people toward the front or if you only have one teammate, make sure your one teammate is closer to the front if you're taking a break so that they're there to cover moves when needed. Mm-hmm. I mean, it happens all the time where people get shuffled to the back and you're like, "Well, oh, what teammate will cover that move. So We got teammates in the field, they'll cover the move. And then you look back and all your teammates are behind you and you're like fifteenth wheel and a and a move goes and you miss the
1: break. hmm And now the whole team's got to get up to the front to start working to pull that thing back. Yeah. That's not fun.
0: No, no. No. Um the wind. I mean, this mm-hmm. is all we could go on a whole you know, a whole nother episode on just playing the wind. Yeah. Uh, but just know where the where the wind is because if you're not conserving energy because you're constantly taking wind to the face. Uh, that's not really good for the team unless you are shielding your your golden person exactly uh, you know from the wind to help them conserve energy that is a that that's a valid huge. reason yep. especially if you're like moving them up in the group helping mm-hmm. you know if it's crosswind or whatever um, you know letting them take the draft and, and moving them around
1: that is hugely helpful yeah no that's a that's a big one
0: um, last two really is make sure you communicate uh that's huge i mean be honest that's a that's a big thing we're in a sport where uh most of the people in like on the team are like don't ever want to show weakness and mm-hmm. like uh always want to be on a good day and um but if you're not feeling it just be honest because you are effectively pretty useless if you're like people think they can count on you mm-hmm. and then you're not there when needed
1: especially if you've were pre-decided to be one of the like the go-to person oh yeah you need to let the team (laughs) know pretty early like if you're on a bad day it happens like and let them know hey (laughs) legs aren't there this is not my day like how are you feeling um and that's where it's always good to have like not throw all your eggs in one basket like you want to have if you have a big enough team where you can say hey uh, so and so is our our dale's our go-to guy today um if he's not feeling it Here's our backup person. Um, ideally, those two are conserving as much as they can. We always have folks that are like, you're, you're the initial break covering people, or you're trying to get into the early break. Um, and then, yeah, communicate uh, along. You know, having a strategy is great, but once you actually get into the race, things change. Things happen, um, and you need to talk to your teammates. Let them let them know uh, how you're feeling. Yeah. Um, when you're going to attack, so they can be in a good position to either cover stuff that goes, um, or, or be at the front to kind of slow things down to allow you to to get that gap. Uh, so yeah, communication is huge. And
0: if you've done any racing with a team, uh, you know y- you can spend, you can talk before the race until you're blue in the face uh, on your race team strategy, but we all know that a lot of times those go out the window. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in the first five minutes of the race or mm-hmm. 10 minutes of the race. Um, but these r- rules uh, always 95% of the time ring true uh, t- to increase the odds of that strategy even going and mm-hmm. being successful. Uh, last one is just uh, just good practice. Yeah, this is a good one. Don't cross the yellow line. Yep. Just don't do it. Group rides. Don't be a jerk. I've seeing
1: too much yellow line crossing on group rides. So like stay right, guys. Yeah. Stay if you're if it's a two up line like middle and right like stay away from the yellow line. Bad stuff happens. One, it's there's rules against it. You will get dinged. Uh-huh. Uh,
0: most of the time these days, the officials out on the road are not very lenient on it at all. So if you uh, if you get caught, you're probably going to be taken off the back. If you get caught again, uh, you're probably going to be dq'd. Mm-hmm. Plus, it's just it's just not safe.
1: Mm-hmm. It's not. And don't be the person that attacks across the yellow. I mean, there's there's times in races where the lead official may have gone up, the moto may have gone up to, to check on a break, and you'll see people that use that as an opportunity to, to violate the yellow line rule to improve position or to attack the group. Don't be that person.
0: Or, the, uh, or coming into the finish line, when the officials say at the start that it opens up at 500, don't go at 1K out across mm-hmm. the yellow line so that you can start your sprint way, way, way too early. Mm-hmm. Uh, that just makes <laughs> that makes the the finishing sprint just
1: more and more dangerous. sort of reminds me of a crosswinds classic a few years ago where oh my gosh, <laughs> we're going through the start finish line and uh, it, it's not even the end of the race, but we were getting hit with a mean crosswind, horrible crosswind, and this thing was just blowing up from the right, just strung out. Yeah, from the right. So we're like at the yellow line, and we're getting passed by people like going across across yellow on the left. <laughs> on the left, and Dale was so mad. He was so I pissed was stop. <laughs> I was I was pissed.
0: I was pissed because so, people were cheating. Yep. Uh, like I'm on I'm on the yellow line following the rules. Yeah. Getting dropped basically uh-huh. because the cross went so you're bad. Eating, yeah, you're eating. And well. everyone else is like in the draft. Yep. on the opposite, mm-hmm. like they're in the oncoming lane. Mm-hmm. Like it was like I was the only one mm-hmm. following the rules. Mm-hmm. I was pissed. I'm not gonna lie. All I,
1: right, and I did get dropped. <laughs> you did. <laughs> so what did we miss? Uh, feel free to comment, uh, post, let us know uh, if there's any any strategy, team racing strategy tips that we missed that you think should be included. Um, again, these apply ninety five percent of the time. Maybe it's eighty percent. I don't know. There's always changes. We made to, those statistics up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is it on ninety percent of the time? It works, works every time. Every time. Uh, but yeah, there's always going to be situations where it changes on the road, and you may make decisions um, that that violate these rules, but are actually better for the uh, for the team yep. goal. Um, but follow these, and you're you're going to be pretty safe.
0: Yep. Awesome. Cool. Well, we appreciate everyone hanging out, listening, watching. We will catch you guys next time. Adios. Peace.